feeling on my arbor Here on this road, my arbor A long way from home I've traveled Lord, I just need your light Where have I gone, my father? I sing the song, my father Your love, I will chase after Lord, I just need your light I feel alone, my arbor Here on this road, my arbor A long way from home I've traveled What's up, everybody? Welcome to the UR Story Podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Huff Jr., and I'm so excited to be here with y'all. If y'all haven't noticed, this is a solo episode. Um, This is the first one solo episode I think I've done. No, I've done another one before. Yeah, I've definitely done another one before. But yeah, it's just going to be me. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more of these this year. Um. Don't ask me why, but while I was just in the preparation process and preparing, praying, it was just on my heart to do a lot more solo episodes just to really dive into some of the things that God has shown me throughout the week, um, throughout my life in general, and just some of the things I hear from other people who I'm around and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm going to be doing this solo episode on my own. Um, But Thank you to everybody who's just been supporting me, uh, just been sending words of encouragement, has helped out in any way that they've can, they've can with this whole the reclassified, you know, whether it's the blog, whether it's the podcast, whether it's just anything um, just involved with some of the ministerial things that God has me doing. Um, it's been a huge blessing to me. And, you know, I can't thank you all enough for that. So. Yeah, I'm just so excited for the things I have in store. Um, but yeah, for the solo episode, I really don't have an idea of what I'm going to talk about, uh, what direction I'm going to go in. Um, but I, I do have a subject, but I don't really have a definition for that subject of what I want to talk about. But I really just wanted to take this time to dive into the the meaning and everything behind the reclassified and the UR story podcast and kind of the message that I'm trying to spread and where that all came about. Um, and some of y'all may have heard this story before. Some of may, y'all may have not. Um, but, you know, from the beginning, I guess what really began this whole process was um, when I was in high school and I remember I was in class one day. And I get a call from the office or the counselor's office, something like that. And, you know, I go in the counselor's office on the way there. I'm thinking I'm in trouble. I'm thinking that, you know, um, there's just something that I did wrong that I need to, you know, own up to or something like that. So I had no idea. But, you know, I'm walking there. And as I walk in the counselor's office, um, I see my parents in there with the counselor for the engineering department and at this point, you know, I see my parents there and I'm just thinking, yeah, it's I, I did something. I got in trouble somehow. And mind you, this is my sophomore year of high school. And so I get in there and, you know, the conversation goes on. And then the counselor says, you know, so I heard you've been thinking about graduating early. And I was wondering, I, I never thought about that. I never said that I wanted to do that. I never brought that up to anybody It wasn't even on my mind. I didn't even know you could do that, graduate early. Um, But, you know, we keep going with the conversation. And then ultimately we come to the conclusion that, you know, it's what I'm going to be doing. So she starts typing in her computer and reclassifies me from 
uh, the class of 19 to the class of 18. And I remember on the way back to my class uh, that they had called me out of, I felt weird. I I didn't really know how to feel, to be honest. Um, I wasn't necessarily angry. I wasn't necessarily even disappointed. I was just confused because it's something that I didn't talk about or want for myself. But uh, my parents had actually brought that idea up to the counselors. And, you know, all of a sudden, my whole life was going to change. I was going to graduate early. I was going to be leaving my friends. I was going to be entering into an atmosphere with adults as a 17-year-old because I graduated when I was 17 and started college when I was 17. But, um, yeah, so I go throughout that year, graduate, and now I'm thrusted into this whole atmosphere a 20 plus thousand person campus at UNC Charlotte where it's just so different. And mind you, when I was in high school, I I played sports. And so I was involved with basketball. I played football. Um, And obviously, you know, with most schools, when you play sports, it's kind of like a status type of thing that you have. And so uh, I was playing the sports and, you know, I had a lot of friends you know, everybody, you know, appreciated my company. Everybody liked me and stuff like that. I had my friend group there as well. And now it's like all of that was taken away from me. And so I go through that whole process and I enter college. I know nobody. Nobody knows who I am. And it's just a whole different atmosphere where I just have no clue what my identity is. And I always grew up in the church. I've been, there was very few Sundays where I missed church. I even, my dad would even make sure that I didn't work on Sundays when I got my first job, just so I could be in the church, which I thank him so much for that. That blessed my life, him and my mom. They made sure that I was always in the church and stuff like that. Um, But looking back, I, 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 don't I tend when I look back, I don't tend to regret. Um, I'm I more so tend to reflect. And I think there's a difference between the two. I think both of them are dwelling place. It's just that one of them with regret, you're dwelling more on your past mistakes and beating yourself up about them and wishing that things could have gone differently. And although things should have gone differently, you shouldn't have made those mistakes that you regretted. Um, when you reflect, that's also a dwelling place, but that's more so of an appreciation for how far you've come since then. And something that I like to say and that I've heard is that reflection turns experience into insight. And what that means is that you can look back upon all of the experiences that you've been through and you can learn from them. You could allow them to become your teacher so that you can make sure not to make those same mistakes or to make better ones and to share that information with others so they don't fall into that same uh, mistake that you fell into. Um, So I'm in college and, you know, as I've gotten older, I've reflected back on that time. And I didn't realize this then, but looking back, um, I had a friend, uh, he's been on the podcast, um, Jacob, he introduced me 
he was a he was a senior in college while I was a freshman in college. And I remember the summer before that semester started, summer before my freshman year, he introduced me to this group called M28. And um, these were the first people, the first friends that I made in college. And they were, it was a Christian organization um, where they're all about Jesus. They're all about the church and they're all about the mission of God and spreading the word and um, all about Matthew 28, uh, which is which is what M28, it, it kind of summarizes uh, Matthew 28, where we get the Great Commission to go out and make disciples and baptize them um, before Jesus ascended into heaven. And so this is the group that I was introduced to first. And I'm so thankful for that moment because that moment really made that transition to college so much more beneficial for my life and allowed me to have that foundation of Jesus as I went throughout college. And so I I spend all my four years of college um, being involved with M28. Um, Junior and senior year was a lot more difficult because of, you know, the COVID things that were going on and stuff like that. But all in all, I made some great friendships um, the episode that y'all saw last week with Jordan, um, that's where I met him in M28. And so M28 really blessed me and it allowed me to have a foundation to where it prepared me for uh, after college and going out into the real world, um, getting a job in engineering, civil engineering, and getting more involved with ministry, which is what I've been doing over the past few months. So the where the reclassified comes from is when I looked back and reflected upon what God had did, what God had done, um, how he put it on my parents heart to bring up graduating early. I not only did I reclassify from the class of 19 to the class of 18, but I also God brought me into a new reclassification in life to where I started taking my faith a lot more seriously and I really begin to get closer to God and build that relationship and all of those things. So God really was taking care of me that whole time. And, you know, something that I thought was bad at first and thought was a curse, you know, why am I graduating early? Why do I have to leave sports behind? Why do I have to leave my friends behind? Um, you know, it turned out to be good, uh, which is, you know, what we're told in Romans 8.28. You know, what we're told in, in Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. And that that's really been the story of my life um, and just how God has been calling me since then. So it's truly a blessing um, now kind of diving into you are story. If y'all remember, um, if y'all remember the first episode that released, it released with, uh, um, pastor Brian, um, who's one of the pastors here at East city church, my home church. Um, we were talking about how I would always walk by this room and, you know, I would see that, you know, it had the podcast equipment set up. And stuff like that. But, you know, it was just there. It's like the room was always calling my name. 
but it, it wasn't necessarily being used. And Pastor Brian had recorded a few podcast episodes uh, before, but, you know, everybody gets busy and, you know, nobody was really using the room for a, a while. And so one day after service, I believe it was either before or after service, I forget. But I I went into his office and talked to him, you know, about starting a podcast. What does he think about it? And it's like almost before I even finished the sentence, he he essentially said, you know, what better time than now? There's no better time than now to start it. You know, if you feel that God is calling you to it, why not go ahead and start it? And so if I'm being honest, I, I was deathly nervous when I started this podcast because it, it's out of my comfort zone. Um, I don't really coming up. I was very shy. I didn't really talk too much. And speaking just wasn't my best thing, the thing I was best at. And so having to sit here and talk to a camera, knowing that some people are going to be watching it, it, it does get nerve wracking at times. But there's something that one of the other pastors here, he told me, great friend of mine, and um, just has been a huge mentor in my life. Um, and he told me this in the context of me getting nervous before I was getting ready to preach. But he, he said being nervous is kind of like, or it's essentially, you know, in some aspects, a longing or a need that people need to hear what you have to say. People need to hear this word that God has put on your heart. People need to hear about this calling that God has placed on your heart. And I think that that's what that nervousness was. I believe that that nervousness and how afraid I was, was kind of like a need for this message to come out and this message to become public. And so, you know, I thank God for all of that, for the people that he's placed in my life and everything like that. I've always grown up around so much wisdom and so many people who have been to been through so many things in life. And it's really allowed me to grow in wisdom and to, you know, just be who I am. So I'm thankful for that. Um, and so that's kind of the vision and the background behind the reclassified and you are story, the you are story podcast. And um, I remember Pastor Brian is the one who actually brought up the name you are story. And, you know, what that really means is and how it how it I guess relates to me is growing up. I like I said before, I always grew up around wisdom and that wisdom often came through stories of the people's lives. So my uncle would sometimes, my uncles would sometimes have stories that they would tell me that I would learn from. My dad is always telling stories that I can learn from. My mom's always telling me stories that I can learn from. Pastors, um, other people, other uh, friends that I have here in the church, um, friends at school, other things like that. I've always, I think there's something to take away from every story that somebody shares in life. And so where you are story comes from is exactly that you are story. I think that, and if you remember, I posted a video, my first video, the first video that was posted on uh, the Instagram page, the reclassified ministries on Instagram. Um, if you haven't followed yet, make sure you go follow 
Um, it has different clips and other things and other updates on there. Um, but yeah, it's at the reclassified ministries on Instagram. And the first video on there was just an intro of the podcast and I referenced the story of Esther. Um, and if you don't know the story of Esther, you need to be reminded of it. Make sure to go read it in the Bible. I'm not going to dive into the whole entire thing, but um, just make sure you go read in the Bible. It's a beautiful story. Um, but what we can see in that book is that God's handiwork is in behind the scenes of that whole story. Um, even though God's name isn't necessarily mentioned much in that story, we can see that God is orchestrating everything from Esther to Mordecai to Haman to the king to the people, the Hebrew people, and just seeing how God was working through that whole story. And you can't tell the story of Esther without understanding that God was behind that whole thing and God delivered his people, even though everything seemed lost. And so how that translates to you, our story is that all of us have people in our lives or all of us, you know, probably have people in our lives that have shared stories with us or have given us wisdom and other things like that. And even though you may not necessarily remember who exactly said what, because um, you know, if you encounter a lot of people, you hear a lot of things, sometimes you forget, but sometimes somebody says that one thing that impacts you. And even though you may not remember who said it, you remember the feeling that it brought you when it was said. And so even though God isn't necessarily mentioned too much in the story of Esther, you can see his handiwork throughout that whole thing. And so what you are story means is Everybody who comes on here, they share stories of their lives, share some wisdom, share things that they've been through, situations and other things like that. And their story could become a part of your story because you take something from it and apply it to your life, which is what you are story means. There's a story that needs to be heard from you. And I don't think you should be afraid to share it, you know. A lot of the opportunities that have opened up for me began with me sharing my story. Um, I remember before I was getting into preaching and before I was even emceeing and, uh, you know, opening up the service for our church. I remember I went on a retreat for M28 and we usually went to Panama City Beach in Florida every year for spring break. And. What we did was we would just go there, have a good time and spend time, just spend time with fellowship with one another and fellowship with the Lord. That's what it was all about. It was just about kind of getting away from all the busyness that college brings and really just resting in the presence of the Lord and in the presence of the Lord's people. And so that that's what it was about. And, um, you know, there were great things that always happened there. Um, and I remember coming back, um, the, the pastor Brian, he, he asked if I would be interested in sharing a, a little bit of a testimony of how that whole week went, how that whole trip went. And so I remember getting up and just talking about what God had done for me in that whole week, what God had done for the others, what God had done for those who spoke and everything like that. And 
not too long later, um, me and my sister and Pastor Brian, we we went out for lunch and we're just talking about the church and just how we were going and just hanging out. And I remember him bringing up that they were looking for somebody to open up the service every single week. And all of a sudden I look up and he's pointing at me, you know, he's pointing at me and saying, you know, I think it should be you. And at first I was deathly scared. I, I was, I was afraid. Um, but my first time doing it, I remember it was so bad, and I, I pretty much read off of a script. But the the thing that I said at the end was, you're not just welcome, but you're wanted. And that's kind of become one of our sayings here at East City Church. You're not just welcome, but you're wanted. It's not just about having our doors open to you, but we want to fellowship with you. We want to praise God with you. We want to be in community with you. We want to uh, have a diverse community. We want to just do all of these things. You know, we see a diverse faith family moving forward together in response to the gospel, which is our mission statement here at East City Church. Um, but long story short, that 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 moment where I shared that little mini testimony, it opened up so many doors for me in terms of ministry. It allowed me to start opening up the service and it allowed, and in turn, you know, I wanted to actually know what I was talking about. So I started diving more into scripture and growing closer with God. And then eventually that led to um, getting into preaching. Uh, last year I started preaching. My first sermon was April 16th, I believe of 2023. And since then I've preached seven sermons now. Um, so God has really blessed that and opened that door for me and stuff like that. But it all started with, you know, him allowing me to share my little te my testimony uh, at church that Sunday. And so I believe the You Are Story podcast is about showing and emphasizing the importance of your story, um, showing the importance of your your experiences and sharing them um, and even if whether they're good experiences or bad experiences or just other situations or things that you've been through I, I I truly believe that there is somebody who needs to hear your story and it doesn't necessarily have to be on this podcast it could be in your community it could be in your home it could be at your church it could be at your school I, I think that our stories are beautifully written by the Lord whether good, bad, or ugly, and, and God can use it to have an impact on people and bring them closer to him. And so that's kind of the whole mission and vision behind the You Are Story podcast, um, just getting everybody's stories out there and understanding that there's something that someone can take away from them. Because I've had you know a ton of tremendous opportunities to take away things from the stories that I've heard from the people in my life. And I believe that having different people come on here and just sharing stories can have a true impact and blessing on those who hear it. So that's kind of the vision and mission behind that. Um, so God has really been doing amazing things in my life and ha has really just blessed me in, in so many ways. Um, so yeah, it, it's been it's been nice, and I'm I'm really excited to bring back these episodes. I feel like 
This is going to be a big year for the platform. This is going to be a big year for the podcast. Um, and the reason I feel that way is because of how, how last year went. Um, 2023 was probably the hardest year of my life. And that's because of how close to God I got. And, and I know that may sound a little bit strange and may sound a little bit backwards, but the reason I think that is, is because something I've heard, um, Billy Graham say before, he said, the closer to God you get, the more sinful you tend to feel. And the reason I think that is, is because God is such a light that shines so brightly in the darkness that it exposes the flaws that you may have. And and that conviction that you feel when you're so close and so in tune and sensitive to the Holy Spirit, it could really... You know, it can really tell you about yourself. That's something I tell my brothers all the time. Uh, Let me tell you about yourself. But the Holy Spirit can really tell you about yourself because of that conviction that you feel. And getting close to God is a good thing. That's what we're supposed to do. But at the same time, you must be prepared to, to really feel sinful, um, and it's it's not just big things. It could be little things as well. Like um, sometimes I would raise my voice at my brothers and instantly conviction would hit and it, it would just make me feel so bad. And I'm, you know, just something as I, I know I'm not trying to take sin lightly here, but something as simple as just having a, a lustful thought for two seconds it would really hit me hard and make me feel so bad and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I felt so dirty that it made me dive into the words so much more. And, and there would be times where I would come home from work. I usually I usually get off work at six and I get home around seven because I, you know, I live a pretty good distance from work. And there would be times where I would be in the word from 730 to like 12 to one in the morning, just nonstop, just exercising my brain to its limits. And it was good. It started good for a while. It was it was good. I felt myself growing. I grew so much in wisdom last year. It's crazy. Um, But I, I felt myself growing in wisdom. I felt myself growing closer to God. I felt myself just you know, having a great, a great experience, spending time with God, um, simple as that. But as the year went on and as, you know, some of those convictions would continue to hit and stuff like that, it, it got to a point where the Bible reading turned from fellowshipping with the Lord to just trying to make up for some of my sins and make up for how dirty I felt and trying to clean myself. And my, my goal became, my goal went from, you know, growing close to God to trying to obtain as much knowledge as I can as a substitute for the sins that I was doing. And it's not to say that I was necessarily, you know, like practicing sin but it's just like I was saying, raising my voice in my brothers, sometimes struggling with pride, which I'll, I'll talk about in a little bit. Pride. Pride is probably my 
biggest battle that I faced throughout my whole life. But I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But just all of these things and it, it would be a real struggle because no matter how much Bible reading I was doing, it it just wasn't enough. And it's ironic because I preached a message on Psalm 119 a few months back. And one of my points in there was that knowledge is not a substitute for salvation. Biblical knowledge itself does not get you into heaven and it does not cleanse your sins. Only the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection has the power to cleanse over your sins and to uh, grant you salvation and to be that atoning sacrifice for our sins. But I, I was in a state of bewitchment and just falling into the trap of trying to work my way into God's favor instead of trusting and relying on Jesus and 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 feeling that he was enough. And even though that wasn't necessarily my intention or my particular mindset, it, it was just something that was naturally happening. I was trying to work my way back up into God's graces, which is the complete opposite of the gospel. The gospel is not something that you can work yourself to. It, it, you can't work your way to salvation. It's something that you have to believe in Jesus. And that's all throughout scripture. There's so many verses talking about how Jesus was the atoning sacrifice, how we we become saved by believing. Um, you know, Romans 8, 1, for example, there is now no condemnation. Um, and that, that ver the rest of that verse slips in my mind. Um, actually, in my Bible right here, let me go and read it for y'all real quick. And I'm sure some of y'all know it as well. This is a popular verse. Um, it's Romans 8.1. And I, I forgot my other Bible at home, but I have this other version here. Luckily, I usually keep one in my car. Let me go to it real quick. Uh, yeah, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, without Jesus, we, we have no hope at all. You know, we have no ability to or we have no no freedom without Jesus. You know, and, and the it, it's important for us to understand that we cannot work our way to salvation. It's all because of Jesus. And so last year was hard because I was fighting a losing battle. I, I was fighting a battle where I was trying to work my way up to salvation, but that bar is so high that only Jesus sacrifice can meet that I, it's something that I can never reach. And slowly that, that, that conviction and that, that desire to work myself up to that and failing every time slowly started to grow into kind of a hatred in a way, um, which is always unhealthy. And, it was really a, a hatred of my myself and not necessarily it wasn't necessarily oh I hate Gabriel Huff Jr. It, it wasn't like I hated me, but it was just I hated the fact that I couldn't live up to that standard. And it, it really took a toll on me. And you know, sometimes that hatred would even manifests itself into actually hating myself, which is 
not where you want to be. And um, I remember hearing something somebody said, this one pastor, he said that, he said uh, loving, he said pretty much to summarize what he said, loving God is one of the hardest things to do. And I know that may sound strange, but just, just hear me out because loving what God loves and hating what God hates is often a difficult thing to do because once you begin to hate what God hates, that hate has to begin with yourself and not hating your identity in Christ, hating, you know, you, but hating the sin, hating the flaws, hating the, um, just though those, that sin. And I always tell people, I tell my brothers that this faith that we walk, this, this thing that we call ourselves Christians, it's not an easy life. I think sometimes we get so enamored with all of these good things that we forget that it's a, it's a struggle. It's a walk. You know, sometimes you're going to have to walk through valleys. Sometimes you're going to go through seasons of being in the wilderness and it's not an easy thing. It's not easy at all. And if you walk into it thinking that it's just going to be, you know, all easy, that could really take a toll on you because you'll come to realize that it's not an easy walk. You know, Jesus told us, and I'll try and find the scripture here. Jesus speaks on counting the cost of following him. Luke 14. Um, let me go ahead and turn to that real quick and read it. Jesus speaks on counting the cost of following him. 14 verses, Luke 14 verses 28 and 29 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. You know what? Let me go ahead and read this whole section. Because I think there's some gems here that we can really take away from. So it's Luke chapter 14, uh, verses 25 through 35. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. So this is Jesus talking about that hatred. Such a person cannot be my disciple. And it's not necessarily talking about hating yourself, but he, he's just talking about just fully turning to him and hating those old ways, hating the old nature. It says, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, Everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, 
how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soul nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. See, it, it's, a, it's, it's a cost to follow Jesus. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's not promised to be an easy walk. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. And you have to count the cost. And what I was seeing last year was that all throughout my life, it had kind of been a, a cakewalk a little bit. You know, everything was up. Everything was going good. And, you know, I was just having a, a real simple faith walk. But last year, when I began to really grow in wisdom and get a lot closer to God than I've ever been, it, it was it was hard because it you start to really see how difficult that walk with Christ really is because in a world where there's so many things trying to pull you in different directions, you really have to turn away from the flesh and walk in the spirit, walk with Christ and, and crucify yourself, crucify yourself and take up that cross daily. And crucifixion isn't an easy process. It's not something that is just a cakewalk. It's a very difficult, very painful process. And by no means will I, any of us ever endure what Jesus endured um, when he was being crucified. But he does tell us to take part of that crucifixion and to walk with him, to take up our cross and, and walk with him. And carrying that cross is not going to be an easy thing. Um, and I, I know this may not be the most exciting or fun news for anybody to hear, but I think it's important for us as believers who are discipling to others and ministering to others and helping to bring others to the faith just to let them know that it's this is not an easy thing. When you when you become a Christian, you gain so much, but you're also voluntarily take taking up your armor and battling spiritual warfare each and every day. And it's going to be a battle each and every day. Your flesh is going to be trying to call you back to fall into those old ways. And there may be some times where you slip up and you do fall, you do uh, sin, you do make a mistake. But the beauty about it is that God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins so that we could spend eternity with him. And something that I mentioned, I actually talked about this in my most recent message that I preached. Um, I was talking about David and Mephibosheth and how David wanted to show the kindness of God towards um, the house of Saul for the sake of Jonathan um, and David and Jonathan were really good friends and Jonathan was already dead at this time. But David wanted to show the kindness of Saul or the kindness of God to one of the to the house of Saul. And so he found out that Mephibosheth, who was Jonathan's son, was still living. And so he brought Mephibosheth in and showed kindness to him by bringing him to the table of the kingdom and Mephibosheth got to eat at the king's table, at David's table, for the rest of his life. And 
we and um you know if you continue to read on through the books of Samuel Mephibosheths began having some issues with Zeba and stuff like that it's a great story it's in 2 Samuel chapter 9 you can go ahead and read it um but uh, yeah read it on your own time it's a beautiful story but um that that's the beauty about it that God's kindness is able to overpower any attack of sin that comes upon you. And it's a beautiful thing for us to accept. And so while I was talking about this in the message and bringing up uh, how 2023 went for me and stuff like that, um, something that I, I mentioned was that even though I was in a low place, I, I think sometimes that's a good place to be in, in a weird way. And the reason I think that is, is because when you're so low, the only place that you can look is up. You, the only direction that you can look is up. And what is up? Our father. And even though I was down in that place that year, it allowed me now to realize that God was really being kind to me that whole time. He could have said, oh, you think... Uh, reading the you think just reading the Bible specifically and solely to gain knowledge is going to make me happy with you. Forget you. God could have done that. But God instead allows me to look back on all of that and, and see what he's been doing and how he has, you know, allowed me to endure that to do this. And, you know, a lot of that was self-inflicted. Um, I'm not sitting here saying that um, falling into a state like that is a good thing. But going back to what I said before, I don't regret what happened in that year at all, but I can look back and reflect and that experience turns into insight and allows me to carry on this year, understanding that God is kind and Jesus sacrifice is enough. It's not about what you do and how you can, um, gain favor with the Lord, but it's about what God gives us. God is the one who gives us favor. We don't earn it. And I think that's important for any person to understand, any believer to believe. And so I'm just so thankful for what God has done in my life and what he's been doing, just how he has brought me into this year with, you know, a renewed mind, uh, just like Romans 12, 2 tells us, uh, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be renewed, but don't con do not conform to the patterns of this world, but instead be renewed by the trend, but be transformed by the renew. I I'm butchering this verse. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can test and approve the will of God, the perfect pleasing will of God. And God has just allowed my mind to be renewed so I can have a new mindset coming into 2024 where I'm fully trusting in him and not relying on myself to gain favor and stuff like that, because all that is is a losing battle. You know, all it is is a losing battle that you'll never win. And so I do think that sometimes, even though you may be in a low place, sometimes that's a good place to be because God could be allowing you to go through that so you can realize that, you know, it's all about him. There's nothing that you can do but it's because of everything that he does. Um, I remember my cousin Elias, when he was on the podcast, it's something that he said that he heard his pastor say, you know, sometimes 
uh, God allows you to hit rock bottom so that you can recognize that Jesus is the rock at the bottom and that Jesus is the foundation, that firm foundation that can hold us better than any other foundation that we can stand upon. Um, a house that's built upon that solid rock will stand. A house that's built upon any other foundation will fall. And so if you are just relying on biblical knowledge to keep you grounded and keep you firm, um, you're only fighting a losing battle. And that's something that Jesus actually says. Um, he actually talks about that. Let me go ahead and find this scripture where he says, uh, you search the scriptures. Um, let me see if I can find it. You search the scriptures for eternal life. Um, that's in John chapter five. Let me go ahead and turn to that. I know there's a lot of scripture here, but this is something I want to start doing more as well. Really incorporating the Bible into this because even though I can talk as long as I want, what's most important is what's in this word right here. Um, so this is Jesus, and he's talking to the Pharisees and other religious leaders. He's saying, uh, this is John chapter 5, verse third, starting at verse 39. He says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify. <laughs> Whew. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I mean, think think about what Jesus is <laughs> think about what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is, is Jesus is just built different. He he's saying that those scriptures that y'all are constantly and spending so much time studying, they testify about me. You know, you're trying to find eternal life in the scriptures, but the scriptures are pointing to me. And he tells us in, in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one shall come to the Father except through me. See, all of there's no amount of biblical knowledge and no amount of memorization of scripture that is going to get you eternal life. It is through Jesus, Right? And um, I'm, this isn't to say that growing in biblical knowledge and gaining wisdom and stuff like that and memorizing Bible verses is a bad thing. I think that's it's important for any believer to try and memorize scripture. But at the same time, we cannot make the scripture our idol. You know, a lot of times we try. I, I, I told my brothers this before. A lot of times we try to turn scripture itself into a self-made prescription. You know, we try to just bring all of these verses together and put them in a pot, stir it up, drink it, and think that we get eternal life like that. No, it's not about that. What it's about is what scripture is pointing towards, who scripture is pointing towards, and it's all pointing to Jesus. It's all pointing to his sacrifice. All throughout the Old Testament, we see in the prophets, um, in Genesis chapter three at the fall, we see the proto evangelium, which was the first mention of the gospel when God is telling Adam and Eve that um, the serpent will strike your heel and you will step on its head and stuff like that. Um, we see it in Moses with uh, um, 
God using Moses to bring his people out of Egypt. And we see it in the prophet, in the books of the prophets, all pointing to Christ. And even in the New Testament, uh, the epistles by Paul, Peter, James, John, uh, everybody, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, everybody who wrote in the New Testament, all of scripture points ultimately to Jesus. And so scripture reading isn't just a, an aspect of it is gaining knowledge and growing in wisdom and stuff like that. But ultimately it is meant to point you towards Jesus because the only way through that narrow gate is Jesus. And so I don't, I don't want to, I don't want us to miss the point here. Scripture reading is important, but it should be a tool to point us to the way, the truth and the life. And so that's what God has really uh, been showing me this past year and first thing of this year. And these are things I already knew, but sometimes you put yourself in a position where you need to be reminded of that. And so God was kind enough to remind me of that. And, you know, he truly blessed me in that way. So um, I think that's all I'm really going to dive into this episode. Uh, like I said, I didn't really know how this episode was going to go, but like I said, I, I had a few things I wanted to touch on and the Holy Spirit was gracious enough to fill in those other points and fill in those blanks. So thank you all for listening. Uh, if you've made it this far, thank you again. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you go follow on Apple Podcasts. Uh, or if you use Spotify, make sure you go follow on Spotify, leave a rating, leave a review. What did you think about this episode? What do you think about the podcast as a whole? Make sure you go do that. Make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube channel. There is more people that view than there is um, that subscribe. So make sure you go subscribe. It is free. Uh, put that notification bell on so you can be notified of new episodes. And just support what what I believe God is doing here. I believe that God is building something and we have the potential to grow into something big. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and share what I told my cousin, what my goals are for this year, what I what I'm what I'm believing God for this year. Um, and I'm cool with whether it happens or whether it doesn't, because I trust whatever God is doing. But what, what I'm believing God for this year is uh, 3,000 Instagram followers and 1,000 subscribers this year. So by December 31st, uh, what I'm believing God for is 3,000 Instagram followers and 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So in any if I, I use all the help I can get. So. If you're listening to this, whether on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and take a screenshot and send it to a friend, send it to family, send it to members of, you know, your church and stuff like that. And, you know, just go ahead and support what we got going on here. You know, I feel like God is blessing this and I feel that it's a calling on my life to do this. So in if in any way that you can or felt led, just go ahead and just support. It'll be a great help and it'll be greatly appreciated. And, you know, I want this to be a community. I don't want this to be, a, you know, like me being on the stage or on a platform and 
everybody who listens is a fan. No, I want this to be a community. And um, there's a lot of things I've planned for this year. So make sure you stay tuned with that. But yeah, go ahead and follow on that. And um, yeah, just go go ahead and support what we got going on here. So also, I always, I always, uh, always almost forget, uh, make sure to go to the reclassified.com. That is my blog where I post uh, different stories, different blog posts and other things like that and just other updates and everything. So um, the reclassified.com, make sure you go check it out. That's something that I feel that God has put on my heart to do. Um, just post different blogs on there and just share what God has been doing in my life, share what he's been showing me and, you know, just try to build the kingdom and share the gospel and things like that. So make sure you go check that out, subscribe to it so you can be notified and, and emailed whenever a new blog post releases and everything. But yeah, that I think that's, I think that's everything. Um, once again, if you've made it this far into the episode, I thank you so much for tuning in. And I know that God is going to bless each and every one of us in some way, even though it may not seem like it. Understand that God loves you and he, he wants to bring you to him. Um, he's given all of us free will and it's up to us whether we choose him or not. So if you haven't experienced a relationship with Christ, if you haven't uh, committed your life to him, I would just encourage you to just take that step, take that leap of faith and come see what this thing called uh, being a Christian is all about. And, you know, I promise that you won't regret it. I promise that you won't regret it. Um, like I said, was saying throughout the episode, it's not promised to be an easy walk, but I can promise you, you know, heaven will rejoice when you choose to make that decision. So I just encourage you to answer that call and to open the door because Jesus is knocking and he wants to come into relationship with you. Uh, also, if you live in this area, in the Charlotte area, and you're seeking or looking for a church to call home, um, or you're just looking for somewhere to visit, um, our doors at East City Church are open for you and understand that you're not just welcome but you're wanted. And what we do here at East is we see a diverse faith family moving forward together in response to the gospel. And so we truly believe that, and we believe all in Jesus and we believe in community and building a meaningful community with one another. And we have a really great community here at East city church. So if you're, if you're uh, looking for a home church, I encourage you to come check us out. You won't be disappointed. We have a great family here great pastors and something that was mentioned this past week, one of our members, she said that she loves the church because it, it's a place where the love of God is taught. So if you visit here at East, you're going to experience the, the love of God and you're going to hear the love of God being taught and preached to you. So um, I encourage you to come visit, check us out. Um, if you're unable to, you can go ahead and uh, look us up on Facebook. We live stream each service there every Sunday. Um, so you can go ahead and check that out there as well. But um, yeah, I think that's everything. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate y'all and I will see y'all next time. Peace out. I fell alone, my Abba. Here on this road, my Abba. A long way from home, my travel. Lord, I just need Where have I gone, my father? I sing the song.